Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of His word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, experts in engaging children with the Word of God. Together, we will make sure that you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Well, welcome back to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Steidler, and this is episode 105. Did you know at about eight weeks in utero, babies already have a hand preference? In this podcast, we like to talk about how to teach kids their great value in God's eyes. And our guest today is Julie Baum from Align Life Ministries, an organization that aligns with God to proclaim the gospel and champion the sacredness of life. Today, you're going to hear three key messages from Julie about the value of life and then how to relate these messages to the children in your circle of influence. Before leaving today, please take a moment to rate and review the You Can Tell the Children podcast on your favorite podcast channel. This small step can help us reach others with the message of Jesus and let others know that they can start a Bible to School program in their communities. Don't forget to check out our website, BibleToSchool.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com. And click on the resources tab to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. You'll also find the show notes from today which will give you the resources mentioned during the interview. While you're there, go ahead and follow us on all our socials. We would love to hear from you, so don't be shy. Message us today with any questions you have about Bible to School or this podcast. Ready to hear three key messages on the value of life? Join my conversation with Julie now. Well, today I am privileged to introduce to you Julie Baum, who is representing Align Life, a ministry that extends life-giving pregnancy services to families in the Pennsylvania area. Julie, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Meredith, for having me. So glad. (laughs) I would love it if you would take a minute to just introduce yourself to our listeners. Sure. Hello, everyone. My name is Julie Baum, and I serve currently as the Director of Supporter Relations for Align, meaning that I interact with supporters and with churches to share the good news of what God's doing here as we proclaim the gospel and champion life through our areas of ministry. So it's a joy. Oh, that's wonderful. So to our listeners who haven't heard of Align, what exactly is Align and what do you offer? Yeah, that's a great question. So Align Life Ministries, our mission is that we align with God to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and to champion the sacredness of human life. And we do that through three main areas of ministry. We have our pregnancy services, which many people would know as Align Pregnancy Services. That's where we offer help for pregnant parenting, post-abortive people. And we do that through our Align Pregnancy Services centers, one in Ephrata, Columbia, Lancaster, and Lebanon. And then we also have strategic partnerships, which is where we partner with other life-affirming organizations to advance the gospel and to champion the sacredness of life. And then finally, we have equipping resources, which is where we put into print things that we have learned and that God has put on our hearts to share. So for example, our president has written a book called The Unexhausted Leader for leaders to explain the culture out of line, which is a culture reflective of God's kingdom, and also uh, a a sexual integrity curriculum that we have for homeschools, churches to use with their young adults and teens. So a lot going on, but 
really yeah. bad for you. <laughs> wow, I love that. The gospel and sacredness of life. <laughs> wow, how long has Align been around? Since 1985, we were actually founded by five homemakers in in 1985 who were looking to put their pro life convictions into action, and they met around a breakfast table and ended up starting the Lebanon Pregnancy Center, which then became Susquehanna Valley Pregnancy Services eventually, which is our old name. And some of your listeners might remember us by that name. And uh, the Lord changed our name back in 2020 because in addition to pregnancy services, he was calling us to those other two areas, strategic partnerships and equipping resources. So we were no longer just pregnancy services, although that's a huge part of what we do. And we no longer just the Susquehanna Valley. He was expanding us beyond, uh, but pregnancy center ministry is still our main and our largest area of mission. That's wonderful. So I would love to hear your personal why for doing what you do with Align Life. My why is because I love Jesus and I believe that what he says is true and he is giving me, as I get older, even more and more of a love for him and a love for people. So I believe what the Bible says, for God so loved the world, which is people, that he gave his only son, which is the gospel. And I see that those two things are inextricably intertwined. You can't pull them apart. And therefore, he's called me to this position, and I wanted to be obedient to that call and uh, just serve with my life to help people as I learn and as we learn at Align to understand the truth. There's so many things that go wrong in my own life uh, when I lose sight of the connection between the gospel and human beings around me, uh, my family, my friends, myself. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's that's why I do what I do. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know what? We had talked earlier and you had, I can I can hear your passion now. I know that you are driven to do what you do because of that calling God has on your life. And we had talked a little bit about three key messages that you kind of communicate to everyone who comes to your office. And I would just love to hear your heart on these messages, these truths, because I truly believe they're key to our children understanding the value of life. And us as parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, Sunday school teachers, mentors, you know, um, anyone who has influence over children's lives. We really need to know how to start teaching these things as young as possible. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. Yes, I would. <laughs> so the first message you mentioned is that we are born to be reborn. Can you explain that and expand on that a little for me? Yeah, this is a message. If God gave it to us last year. It was our theme for the year, and it has just been percolating for quite some time even before that. But really, we are born physically to be reborn spiritually into a relationship with Jesus. So uh, it's clear as we walk around and we see people, we know that they have been born and that we ourselves have been born physically. But the reason that people are born, the reason God made us is so that we could know him and be in a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And because of our sin that we have inherited from our dad and our dad got it from his dad and all the way up through the line back to Adam, that sin separates us from the Lord. So really the only way that we can have a relationship with God is through Jesus, through accepting that what he said about himself is true, that what he did is true, and that it applies to us. So we are born physically as human beings so that we can know God 
And then in believing Jesus, what the Bible says is we become reborn spiritually. And that's when we, then we have um, everlasting life with him as opposed to everlasting separation without him. So that's a little bit about born to be reborn. And it's just, it's kind of catchy in terms of when we talk to people and we even, the thing, you know, would you believe it or not? This was the theme of our move for life last year. So we have these t-shirts that say born to be reborn. And we've got a whole army of people who have been at the move for life who wear these t-shirts out more than any other slogan. I think when people see this born to be reborn white print on a black shirt, they're like, I really like that. Like, what, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> or if, they're, if, if they're, if they don't know, and if they're believers are like, wow, I really like that. It just reminds me about parents and um, aunts and uncles and Sunday school teachers. If you're listening, like a verse, first John three, one, see what great love the father has lavished on us that we human beings should be called children of God. So he wants a relationship with us. And then first Peter one twenty three, for you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God, which is Jesus. So. Amen. Amen. Man, I my mind is going in a million different directions with this because one, I think of how cool it is that that's such a conversation starter. Your shirt, born to be reborn. And like you just said and testified, it does start conversations. How hard is it though? <laughs> to actually explain that to a non-believer. Is it tricky? Like, have you had to do that? And can you do it in 30 seconds? It's it's a lot easier to talk about with a believer. And, and just, I mean, when we are interacting with clients through our pregnancy service arm, typically what we lead with with them, because we have believers and unbelievers coming alike. And they are in a time of, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. I wasn't expecting to be, or yeah. I'm really struggling with parenting or coming to us to talk about, you know, an abortion procedure that they had in the past and they're really having trouble getting beyond it. And so what we usually lead with spiritually with them is, you know, maybe pray for you, for the, the young moms, you know, for the post-abortive client, we have a whole very tried and true Bible study that we go through with her. So born to be reborn is something we like talking about with children and with churches and with our clients. When we get there with them spiritually, if, if with their permission, if they are looking to have spiritual conversations and our desire would be to share the gospel with them, it's, it's easier to, to talk to them about how you, know, you are born to be reborn. There's, there's so much more hope. God has so much more for you That's good. When, when they're ready and want to hear it. Yeah, that's great. And I love how you said, like even kids, we can be telling them that that's an easy phrase. It's a catchphrase. They can remember born to be reborn. And as we develop those relationships over time, they can understand it better. That's great. Yeah. yeah. All right. So first key message, born to be reborn. Your second, it was about being fearfully and wonderfully made. Can you tell us about that? Absolutely. And this is the one many times when people think about a pro-life verse in the Bible, this is the passage that comes to mind when you think of Psalm 139 verses 13 and 14. I'm going to read it to you from the NLT. So it says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Mm. We know that to be true when we look at babies. And But one of the fun things, Meredith, that we get to do is when we go out to, let's say, community fairs or to vacation Bible schools or whatever, we have these fetal models, uh, these little sets, and I brought them just to show you while we're talking so you know what I mean. We have little sets of baby models and we have a larger set as well. 
Wow. To our viewers who can't see it, I'm going to have to link to their page so you can see a picture of what Julie is showing us because it's pretty powerful. And I'm sure you'll follow up with the stages, right? Yeah, right. So what what I wanted to just help to orient you is that we have these models, a large set and a small set that show what a baby looks like before he or she is born. And so my little set goes, and this is age from conception. So the little set goes seven, eight, nine, 10 weeks. And then our larger set is 12, 14, 22, and 26 weeks. And we, and, and these models just draw children over because I take for granted even working in a pregnancy center ministry, I get to see these all the time and yeah. think that of course, everybody knows what these look like, but if I wouldn't work here, I have no idea yeah. how thin a baby is at eight weeks or how, how large a baby is by the time she's 22 weeks or he's 26 weeks old. And so we have these really cool games. Like we have a Plinko board, we have a, a prize wheel and we use them to ask fetal development questions like fetal development trivia. So can I play some trivia with you, Meredith? If oh yeah. This Let's go. Yeah, it's gonna be easy. They're they're true or false questions, right? Okay. So so by the time you, Meredith, were eight weeks old, okay, so now you're about the size of a small peanut. By the time you were eight weeks old, true or false, if we watched you long enough, we could tell whether you were right-handed or left-handed. Oh true. wow. I'm assuming it's true, but that's incredible. Yeah, you're right. It is true. And it is incredible that at just eight weeks after the baby was initially formed, you if you watch the baby long enough scientifically, she'll have a preference or he'll have a preference for which arm he moves to touch his mouth or lean toward that type of thing. So it's really, it's really wow. okay. Here's another one for you. By the time you are 10 weeks gestation, this little guy. So now you're about the size of maybe like a triple peanut. <laughs> um, <laughs> True or false, by the time you're 10 weeks old, your little heart has beat more than 10 million times. Wow. True. True. Very true. 10 million. 10 weeks old. And for anyone listening, by the time you were 10 weeks old, your heart had beat more than 10 million times. And then how about one more? By the time you're 26 weeks old, so a little bit more than six months pregnant. So now it takes both my hands to hold you. Mm. You fit into the palms of my two hands. And if you look at the little face uh, of, a, of a little preborn baby like this, do you think that baby has the capacity to make tears? I wouldn't think so, but you're going to tell me they do. They do. By the time you are just a little bit more than six months old, your eyes have been able to oh. have tear ducts that are formed. So it's this and and hundreds more amazing questions that we can ask just to show the genius of God and how he made us. And we all start as that. Like mm. all start as babies. You can't get to being, you know, for children, like what do they want to be when they grow up? A firefighter, a teacher, a nurse, a, um, a space explorer, whatever. You can't get there without going through this amazing stage of life. This is how all human beings start. Fearfully and wonderfully. Second key message, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank you for sharing those developmental facts. That's really powerful. Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to school kids. Are Adam and Eve responsible for sin? According to the Bible, yes, Adam and Eve were responsible for sin entering the world. In Romans 5.12, we read, Sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all people. Wow, Adam's one action had consequences that impacted humanity for all time. How gracious God is to provide another man, his son, Jesus Christ, 
who would be blameless and able to take all of our sin as his own so we can again enjoy a relationship with God. So then the third key message that, I mean, this all ties together, but you mentioned human life is sacred no matter how small. And I've already heard this in just seeing those little babies from eight weeks up to, what was it, 26 weeks. But um, do you have any more to add to that? Yeah, I think one of the things that the Lord just has laid on my heart and, and many hearts lately, that it's good for us to remember because we remember this at Christmas time, but I know I can forget often the rest of the year. God sent his son into the world as a baby uh, and to talk to children like children naturally seem to love babies and they think babies are helpless and, and they want to help them because they're helpless, but to help link in their minds that babies aren't just special because they're little and cute and helpless. Babies are special because they're human beings. Something so special about human beings compared to all the rest of creation. Like earlier this week, we were at a Bible school, and one of the questions we asked the kiddos there was, What was something really cool that they had seen in nature? And one little girl shot up her hand and she said she saw a shooting star. Uh, a little boy said that he saw a waterfall. And then another little boy couldn't wait to tell us that he had seen a hammerhead shark. <laughs> so, all these things, you know, and we talked about how great. God as the artist is and that he made all these amazing things in nature, but they're for as special and amazing as those things are, there is something so unique and special about people in that we are able to have relationships with others and we are able to use words to develop those relationships and that, that and, and many other things distinguish us from all the rest of creation. Mm. I remember my husband's grandfather taught my daughters a, a little poem when they were little to remind them how special they were at being human beings. He said, the bees and the flies have bright little eyes, but they can't read like me. They crawl on the book and they seem to look, but they don't know their ABCs. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I do too. And it's just like human beings are so special and it's because we are created in his image to have a relationship with him. Yeah. So for children to remember that, that they are special, they themselves, that the one child that you're talking to is, is unique. There is no one else like that child. God only made one of her or one of him. And there, she's not going to be repeated. Uh, she's irreplaceable. And that's how every human being is. We were made with the capacity for relationship with God through Jesus. And so people are special. God made, wrote the Bible. It's for us people to read. Um, he made creation for our enjoyment and all for his glory. The more people he has to be in relationship with, the happier he yeah. seems to be. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, what an honor to be image bearers, right? And I love to tell my kids about how in the beginning, the very beginning, in the first book of the Bible, first few chapters, it talks about the seven days of creation. And after each day, God said, it is good. But then what does he say after the sixth day when we were created? Do you know what he said, Julie? It is very, very good. <laughs> very good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that follows along with what you're saying. And I love, I am going to add to that that cool little jingle. I need to find that so that I can remember. I love that about the bees and yeah, <laughs> how we're extra special. So, all right. So that third key message, human life is sacred, no matter how small we are special. 
So my question, Julie, then is when you bring these truths up in conversation with the people that you see day to day, do you meet resistance or acceptance more often, would you say? That there's a willingness to listen, and I would say generally an acceptance, but physical circumstances like they can be really, really difficult. Um, you know, breached trust within a, a, a relationship, or or um, you know, no job, no finances, anger directed at the client from family members uh, over the situation that they're in in the first place. There's all kinds of things. I think it, the hardest thing comes just from getting our our wills to align with the truth and and align with God and and I know I've failed at that many times personally like so yeah. I think the resistance is just like we we know truth when we hear it um sometimes it just seems like it's impossible to move forward and carry it out and that's where God uses the body of Christ to come alongside and just to let the person know you're not alone in this and you know just take your time slow down think about your options we're here with you and slowly start to help them see um, that there is a way and ultimately his name is Jesus that's powerful you know I think a lot of my life choices are all dependent on whether or not I feel alone. And so putting myself in someone's shoes in a crisis situation like that, I can imagine having you come alongside them and say, saying you are not alone. And putting that through your next steps and actions, that has to be the very first step where they're, I wonder if they're just already encouraged by that. Yes. Hopefully, you know, that's really powerful to to stop the lie, to stop believing the lie that you are alone, because that is a lie from the pit. Right. And and you often don't realize how much support you have. Uh, we just had a client where um, she had done a pregnancy test at home. It was positive. She was really nervous, but she showed the father the baby. And the minute she did, like he just took it and threw it outside in the dumpster. Like he didn't want anything to do with it. He He was upset. He didn't talk to her, you know, he was very angry. And she came to us uh, for a confirmation pregnancy test and just heard that we had some services that might be of help to her. And the Lord used actually our offer of an ultrasound because she was intrigued by that. And he used the fact that we had a baby boutique with all these cute, you know, the baby supplies, the clothes, the diapers, the wipes, everything that they would need. Those two things piqued her interest enough that she wanted to come back. And when she came back, what she discovered or what she told us was that the father of the baby was not all at all supportive, but her family was incredibly supportive. So where she started out thinking no one was going to be with her in this, when she actually started talking about it and taking steps toward what do I do? What are what's my information that I can gather? She discovered so much support from her family and even some from his family that she had no idea was there. And it made all the difference in the world for her. Praise God. Do you often have the chance to share the gospel in these situations? We do. We initially with the pregnancy test, like if a girl is facing an unintended or an unsupported pregnancy, usually we'll ask for permission to pray with her or we'll ask, you know, about her spiritual beliefs. And honestly, you know, unintended pregnancy, abortion, people make it spiritual right away. Like their, their thoughts are, you know, is God going to forgive me? What does he think? Like, oh my gosh, you know, like they, they know it's something spiritual that's happening. Wow. So we'll ask for permission to pray for her. She might start telling us about her spiritual beliefs or about the father of the baby's spiritual beliefs. But one thing that we do have as a very methodical way of being able to share the gospel with them is our parenting classes and our prenatal classes. We have educational courses set up that if the client should choose to carry the baby to term, 
either to parent or to make an adoption plan, then we offer her free education. And that's how she can earn care cash to spend in our baby boutiques and buy the things that she would need. It's all free to her. But at the end of each lesson, uh, we use a curriculum called Bright Course, and they're very practical lessons how to soothe a fussy baby, how to get your baby to sleep through the night, how to bond with your baby before your baby's born, all these things. At the end of each lesson, there's a spiritual application and we ask for permission. Would you like to, would you like to go over this, uh, this, this aspect of it? And many times they'll say yes. And that gives us the confidence knowing that by the time a young girl or a dad or a couple has been with us for the entire prenatal course, which is about 15 weeks, they will have heard the full gospel from us. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a oh, neat, that's... neat way to build relationships and, yeah. and share about Jesus at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, at Bible to School, um, we're working with second, third, and fourth graders, <laughs> um, but we're doing the same thing. Our, the whole point is to get them the gospel, the good news, and help them to understand it. Over 60% of the students who come to Bible to School aren't going to church or don't know anything about, oh, I can spend eternity in heaven. What's heaven? What's hell? You know, they don't know these things, just like probably a lot of people coming to you don't know these things. The biggest difference for us is we're starting with them young, probably before the world has too much infused everything culturally around them for the good and the bad. So my question to you is those three things that we talked about, born to be reborn, fearfully, wonderfully made, human life is sacred. How would you suggest, Julie, that we can start infusing this practically speaking? I mean, that might be a big question, (laughs) but do you have any suggestions to our listeners? Like, how do we start these conversations when they're young? With children, yeah. I think acknowledging the, the unique gifts and talents of our children and linking them to the Lord is is a great thing. That was some really good advice given to me by a friend's parents when my children were small. Because many times you think that they're they're going to be a lot like you and they end up sometimes being very unique. You know, you might be a history buff and your kid is great at sports or, you know, all these things. And we have a an analogy that we use with the blue morpho butterfly to show that human beings reflect certain aspects of God's character. So there's this really cool South American, I think it is, butterfly called the blue morpho. It's it's the most beautiful, brilliant electric blue. But if it, it's blue, because normally when things are blue, a beautiful blue is because they have blue pigment in them. But this butterfly's scales on its wings are textured such that it they're brown if you look at them regularly, but they reflect this brilliant blue light in the light spectrum. And so it reminds me of what we use it to talk about a verse, um, 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we people who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, we are being transformed in his likeness, it goes on to say, but that whole thing about reflecting the Lord's glory, like your child reflects like the unique combination of gifts and talents and strengths and likes and dislikes that he has, he reflects certain aspects of the Lord's character in such an amazing way and calling that out in him, like, you know, oh my gosh, you, you, you're so organized maybe because the Lord is organized or, or you're so funny because the Lord is funny or, yeah. or you have such a great way with animals because the Lord has a great way with animals. Yeah. Like, like connecting that because that child reflects certain aspects of God's character better than, and it's a unique combination, just, just unique to that child. 
And then another child will reflect different aspects of God's character. And that's, and then all of us together, when we're all together, all people in a room, that's when we, as the body of Christ, fully reflect the Lord. There was only one person who by himself ever fully reflected God, and that was Jesus. But since he's in heaven, we're here. It takes all of us together so that people can see what God is fully like. So that child reflecting that aspect of God's character is so important because God has, you know, that's part of why he designed him. That's beautiful, Julie. I love like two things pop into my mind. First, it circles us back to Genesis again, because we're made in his image, which we're already having that conversation with the kiddos. But then it makes me think about, was it Paul who wrote about the body and how every part has its function and without any part, it can't function well. And wow, I just love that's a whole podcast right there. That blue, what is the, what is the butterfly called? Blue Morpho, M-O-R-P-H-O. I'm going to look that up. That's awesome. Thank you for giving me my next Bible lesson with my kids. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. I actually got to see the one in person for the first time. I traveled out to the West Coast and I saw a butterfly exhibit and they have blue morphos there. I was so excited. I got to Oh, cool. Them. Yeah, it was really- That's so cool. Thank mm-hmm. you. Well, what an amazing ministry, Julie. Just to help our listeners before we finish up here. What is the easiest way, if you know, to get involved with their local pregnancy center? So we have listeners all over the United States, some outside of. So just in general, do you have a suggestion? Yeah, I I think, well, there's all kinds of ways uh, you can get involved. You can certainly pray for them. I think most pregnancy center ministries, uh, evangelical ones at least, would have a prayer letter that they would either mail or email. Prayer is the hard work of the ministry. It is very difficult for a woman in crisis, you know, Prayer is very, very important to help her choose life. You know, maybe there's no one else praying for her, but us and and prayer for that. But also, you know, if you're out and about and you happen to see diapers on sale or a little pack of wipes, maybe that's a really good price wherever you are. I'm I'm sure pregnancy centers, I know we do always need those. I'll give you a little hint um, or a tip, at least from our experience. We always need the larger size diapers Mm. because the little ones, they're so cute. And people generally are frugal. So they A, want to buy the cute ones and they want to buy the ones that you get the most number in a pack. (laughs) Um, And so so we are usually have plenty of like newborn size one and size two, but our moms oftentimes, you know, they might be single moms. They're working a job. They don't get their children potty trained quite as quickly as they wish they would. Maybe they're doing it by themselves. They don't have to help them or whatever. And so size like four or five and six diapers are super helpful. And we don't get as many of those for the reasons I mentioned before. So large size diapers would be a great way to bless your local pregnancy center and your prayers. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. That's great advice. Thank you so much. And also just want to thank you for sharing your heart, your ministry's passion and mission. It's a blessing to hear these three key life messages that our listeners, I hope, will take home with them and keep in mind as we're mentoring our kids and other people's kids. Julie, I would just love it if you could take a minute to close our time together in prayer and pray a blessing over those listening today. Yeah. Well, Lord, I thank you so much for Bible to school. God, I thank you. uh, We both, I'm sure, thank you, Lord, for your word. And thank you for the model that you've given us for families, Lord. Thank you for the parents out there who love their children and love you and are learning every day how to teach their children more about the truth of who you are and what you've done and how much you love them and their kids. So I pray, Lord, for uh, wisdom, for patience, for a childlike wonder as parents and children learn together about the amazing truth, Lord, that you have made us, God, 
Uh, we are a sacred set apart for the, the service of you to be in a relationship with you, that we are born physically to be reborn into a spiritual everlasting relationship with you, God, and that you are, you are so for parents and, and longing for all of them to know you and to walk in the goodness of life here and life eternal with you. Thank you. And we ask all these things, Lord, in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, I just love how Julie uses the blue morpho butterfly to describe our children's unique attributes that reflect Jesus, reminding us to call their gifts out and link them to the Lord. Were you encouraged by these three key messages about the value of life? I know I was, and it would be so fun to hear how you've been impacted by this. Would you take a minute to send us your feedback? You can message Bible to School on Facebook or Instagram, or you can go to our website, BibleToSchool.com, and click on the Contact Us tab. With school just around the corner, you may be wondering if your area has a Bible to School program available to you. Well, great news. Our website has been updated to include a zip code search under the Find a Program tab, so you can locate the nearest program to you. If there are none nearby, just click on the Start a Program tab where you'll find how easy it is to start one. Don't forget to join us here next week as Corey and Lee cover the three things you should say to your kids each day before heading out the door. And until then, friends, be well. And remember, you can tell the children about Jesus.